0: Non-stop shop for all things Jets. Now here are your hosts, Tim McMaster and Connor Hughes. Listen safely.
1: Can't wait. Welcome into another can't wait podcast where if you're tuning in on YouTube we will have more viewers than the Jets did at MetLife Stadium yesterday an empty MetLife Stadium Uh, if you're tuning in and you haven't already please subscribe to us for the podcast and give us a five-star rating wherever you are listening we're going to get to the empty stadium a lot of the issues that are facing the Jets right now with less than two weeks to go before they kick off the season opener but before we get to all that if you're tuning in on YouTube, you're probably wondering why we're starting so late, and it's because it appears that our producer, Marissa Morris, maybe has a podcast within the Athletic Podcast Network that she values above ours. I don't know, Connor, what do you think?
0: I think that's what it was, because I, I honestly think that's, that's what, this, what this probably was, because not only did we talk about recording earlier today, talking like a 9:00, 9:30, 9 o'clock, 9.30 start time. Uh, that was, that was the kibosh was put on that. Then I think Marissa suggested maybe doing 1030. Then we get the text message this morning that 1030 is not going to work. Cause she's got another podcast. I'm getting ripped on Twitter by Bo Wolf, our Eagles writer. Who's saying, I think Marissa has her priorities in line. So I don't know. I think it's this. she, we're getting two time, Tim, because we got, we're like, we're the other, we're the other one right now. We're the other person in this relationship. We're not the, we're not the priority. We're not the one that's getting the ring. We're just, we're the, we're the one on the side, man. You and I are the one on the side as Marissa <laughs> goes and, and has fun with the birds with friends. That's it. I, understand. I love all
2: my podcasts yeah. the same. It's like a parent. You love all your kids different, but equally.
0: Yeah, and we're the one. We're like the one that never gets talked about. We're the one that. Mom's not going to work bragging about us. Tim. Mom's going to work talking about what they talked about the Eagles, how much the Eagles made her laugh, showing the the finger paintings that the that the Eagles writers did or Eagles podcasters did for not us, not us. We're the one she pretends. They have to say like, "Hey, how are Connor and Tim?" And then Marissa's like, "Oh, that's right. I do have (laughs) those
1: guys. (laughs) Oh, the Jets. Yeah, sure." um yeah I, I think a reckoning is coming some Not sort true. of uh, i threw it in the text messaging like anchorman uh, like, I'm it's indeed. gonna be a i, I a put it posting on indeed for you
0: <laughs> connor
2: if you could find another producer that could fulfill Uh-oh. all of your this requests
0: and this is, this is a good point this okay is good point.
2: connor is the one is i'll send point. him hey what do you think about this social clip mm, can i have another one mm, what about this one oh i really oh, like
0: she spent I... like an hour and a half it's playing. like
2: two o'clock in the morning and i'm up cutting clips and doing all these things connor's like yeah, it's okay. I'll do that. All right. That's fine.
0: It's, but soon she'll get to the intro, too. Yes. Soon she'll be able to, to make the adjustment. <laughs> get Jamal Adams out of that intro. Okay. I was wondering what kind of a look I was going to get for that one.
2: Everyone needs to know that the intro is on Connor. He has the track. It is.
0: It is. So if it he is. blames
2: me on Twitter or whatever, that is not my fault. <laughs> I've been asking him to change it. Since Jamal Adams, she has,
0: traded, I'll, I'll I'll admit to that one. That was like, Jamal got traded. We just finished it. I was like, oh my God, I've written like 5,000 words on this. We just did an hour podcast on it. And then Marissa is like, hey, so we should probably adjust that intro. I was like, oh shit, that's right. We do need to do that. Yeah. And we so
2: the reason that is still in there is not me. So
1: the Jamal Adams, Other than that, though, it's a if he wants to day, blame
2: man. me on Twitter or whatever, I'll put up with it. But he knows deep down it's his fault.
0: I do yeah, it as something. And I deleted the track too. And like the guy who uh, fixed it, like I, we made the track. I used to work in radio and one of the guys I used to work with, his name's Jay Varga, who is like an imaging guru, like the stuff he's able to create and stuff. So I created like the thing and sent it to him. I was like, Hey man, what do you think? Like, could you tighten it up at all? And what he sent back was like the cleanest version of whatever I made in the world. And I was like, Holy crap. And so we sent that. That's the, mo- that's the one we've been using. It's like I said, the guy's a wizard. And um, so I reached out to him. What all this. I was like, do you happen to have the track? Because I totally deleted the track, not thinking that you know, eight months or ten months from then, Jamal Adams wouldn't be a jet anymore. Um so we got to get all that done but other than that like today's actually a pretty gorgeous day man it kind of feels like september doesn't it yeah
1: nice and cool yeah, yeah. it was the like sun's I,
0: I, was, out, I was not out but i
2: guess you could say i don't need the sun night. it's
0: like the weather it's like it's like the 70 degree weather feels like football yeah you get like the sure and the big thing is, you guys are, are like making fun of me for this was i texted you guys this morning i was like it's like pumpkin spice season finally <laughs> and like i am i am the the i am the president or at least the head of the basic girls males division like that is me because i am all about like all the basic qualities that that you make fun of like girls for i've got them all like pumpkin spice season i am down for that and i walked into duncan yesterday before the scrimmage and i saw it's like pumpkin spice coffee's back and i don't ever get it from duncan because they're not real pumpkin spice coffee they like or it's their coffee and then they load it up with that crappy sugar syrup yep. stuff so you're basically getting like 700 calories of just sugar injected into your veins, and I'm not doing that, but like Starbucks has a good one. Any local coffee shop has like the good like actual pumpkin spice brew coffee. Man, I am I am all all for that. I am all for
1: it. Yeah, that. speaking of the, the supporting local, we still haven't, me and my wife still haven't eaten out here in New York City. We're not there yet as far as the pandemic goes, but we've been ordering in a lot, uh, and we did brunch for the first time on Sunday from a, a local place that's really good, and they had pumpkin french toast and i i somehow didn't do it i i was i was strong i said i'm not gonna do it i'm gonna avoid it for now but that's to uh run like that's definitely on the list that one man yeah
0: <laughs> you yeah. have to run like eight miles I, i'm not i'm like I, the crazy thing is too is like pumpkin spice coffee is all i'm really into i'm not really into the whole like pump like other pumpkin type flavor thing like pumpkin pie is not really my thing i do like pumpkin muffins like with the brown sugar on top that i can screw with and brie makes uh this killer like pumpkin cookie pumpkin bar thing with like icing on that is dynamite but other than that i'm not like a huge huge pumpkin guy. by the way i feel like i'm sitting like a freaking board and i keep moving because somehow i got hurt in my sleep last night which is a thing i found out can happen when you get older is you sleep wrong and now all of a sudden my neck hurts and it's like i've popped like six advil today not really i'm gonna be fine like i took like three advil the appropriate dosage. To try to like loosen this up, and nothing's working. Like I feel absolutely terrible. I took the dog out to the bathroom, and I tried to pick up its crap, and I like basically <laughs> fell over because my neck's broken, and all I did was sleep wrong. So like, it, I didn't realize it. that was a problem. It's from
1: hanging out with the Jets exactly. too much. Exactly. In it is. addition it's
0: to the probably.
2: injury bug biting the Jets yeah. roster, it's also bit the. That's true. Reporters.
0: It freaking got me. I'm gonna pull a hammy. Like when I go get more coffee, I'm gonna pull a hamstring on the way to the freaking. Like seriously, <laughs> like how can you get hurt sleeping? Like, cavemen used to sleep on rocks, and do you think that that, like, stopped them? Like, I, I literally woke up, I'm like, God damn it, I am in so much pain, what the happened? Oh, I slept wrong. I'm like, pre- between that and hangover recovery, those are the two things where I realize I'm getting older. I'm that pretty sure. It, that I can sleep wrong now, and I don't bounce back like I used we to. We got a
2: comment that it's says, terrible. Connor, sounding like he's
0: 55. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's
1: true, dude, yeah. I'm
0: serious. I feel like it's, it hurts. It hurts
1: bad. I'm pretty sure cavemen were always in pain all the time, pretty <laughs> much true. their whole lives. That's true. So. They probably Making didn't complain wheel, about it though, about and they definitely knees. didn't have pumpkin spice lattes. Yeah, so. that they didn't. I feel like this is a good time to did. talk about football. What do we think? Maybe, yeah. yeah, yeah. If we'll I can there.
0: make it through with like this pain, but yeah, we should
1: transition into injuries. Um, so we'll, we definitely get to that as far as the Jets go. Um, some of them more serious than Connor. Um, At this point, (laughs) but let's start with
2: Connor, let's face it, but I did
1: want to start, though, with just the vibe and the comments from players about playing in front of an empty stadium, Connor, because basically it's their first chance to see what it's going to be like come the season. And and they'll have kind of the the crowd noise and the sound effects down a little more than they did on Sunday. But still, the players commented, right, that it's just different, man. It's different.
0: That wouldn't even be like the word that I would use. Like, that's what a lot of them said for me, man, honestly, like this was the i don't live in new york like i'm I'm in princeton like i've said that and and i don't go into the city all that often and certainly when the pandemic hit i wasn't gonna go take a trip into manhattan because there's really nothing to do when when everything's closed so there really hasn't been like the slap in your face pandemic moment for me yet like it's been weird seeing everyone in masks or it's i should say it's been like the different like the word used different like it's been different seeing everyone in masks I And mean, it's been different not being able to like go into a restaurant it's been different not going to bars with like friends and stuff and meeting up but like we've always just changed a little where like we go to my friend's house and we see them there and we'll have drinks there or we watch games on tv or we go now to outdoor restaurants and and the gym being closed has been weird but that's coming back and then i just there's like a gym that opened outside like there's always been like it's just been different and it's kind of been annoying at times but it's more been different covering this practice was easily the first time where it all felt eerie weird and just not normal like this is where it would. this was the first time since this whole pandemic thing happened where I honestly kind of went into it saying this is just I this is I don't like to say like this needs to this is weird this is just totally not right I mean from I've gotten used to like driving to work now and not hitting any traffic which is like the one welcome change of paces there's no traffic anywhere but anytime you take that I think it's like 16w off the turnpike to get to the stadium For anyone who's ever been to MetLife, you go around like the little, the little like roundabout, and then you come up to like an Easy Pass toll booth. So it's like coming up to Easy Pass toll booth. Depending on if I'm like the last few years with the Jets, after like the first three games, you don't hit traffic anyway. But there's always like a little bit of a backup. So like I get to the stadium like eleven, eleven thirty, like about two hours before kickoff, and it's like you sit there and like there's always at least like three or four cars in front of you. And then when the Jets are really bad, you still move right on through. The opener uh, a couple years ago. Uh, Was after they beat the Lions was was crazy backed up and I was like, holy crap I've never seen MetLife Stadium for a jet game like this but still, it's always been like a little bit of cars nothing, just no car right through the toll booth you come around that little bend after the toll booth and you go up to where then you have a bunch of um, stadium workers that are checking parking passes and saying like, okay you go left, you go right, you go straight, you go left, you're directing no one, making that turn past where those guys are, looking into the parking lot and the only cars that are out there maybe 50 cars and it's the stadium workers and the like because they have some officers there and media cars you pull up to where that is and you get into the stadium and there's like one little lane that's open that you go through and they check your credential they scan your temperature all that stuff you walk into the stadium you get into the elevator you couldn't be the only person in the elevator so like i like i couldn't ride the elevator with anyone else so you ride the elevator up alone you get out you walk into the press box and it's Basically, a ghost town in the press box. I mean, there might have been just us local beats there. There's no team personnel. There's no um, uh, Jets personnel people. There's obviously no kitchen staff in there. And then you look out at the stadium and you like get to your press box seat. I sit down on my press box seat. I look out into the stadium. You see this gorgeous new turf that MetLife has in there, and it's just empty. And like every time I've ever covered a game, and I've been covering games at MetLife Stadium since 2014. Every single time you go there, there's always like the, the players in the stands, and then there's like the diehard fans that are the first ones to get in there that are down, like trying to get autographs, hanging the footballs, hanging your hats down, waving, watching players warm up. There's always people on the sideline too, watching it. Even at the green and white scrimmage last year, it was kind of the same exact thing. We're sitting there, and I, I like get to the press box, I look out, and all there are are players in the middle of a stand, in the middle of the field with nobody in there like when Chris Hogan caught the touchdown he's jumping around but there's no one screaming and yelling the stadium is still pumping in crowd noise and and they're playing like the first down jet sound and the touchdown music when they score touchdowns but there is no one there it was easily the first time this entire pandemic where it just felt like this is totally weird like eerie like eerie creepy ghost town weird like you're in a horror movie and it's like I don't it was just it just it made no sense. And it was like the first time that it really hit me in the face of like what everyone's going through in terms of like this is such like this is going to be a year man 2020 that, that people are going to, be, we're going to talk about this the rest of our lives like we're going to have our, our kids and our grandkids and our great grandkids if if we make it that long and I don't sleep wrong one day and if that just kills me you know, instead of a neck injury I just die in my sleep because you know I slept wrong that day um yeah that doesn't know, this, happen this until at like least your, take me out.
1: your 40s so you're uh. all right for
0: me. yeah i know so at least i got i got at least 10 years left so maybe I'll, I'll be able to tell my kids about it by then but i don't know if i'm making it to great grandkids with this chronic neck <laughs> issue i now suddenly have because you know i slept with my head facing left not right i don't know um but uh we're, we're like this is like what we're going to talk about like if i cover the nfl the rest of my life somebody was saying like man what was it like in 2020 like i can't wait for like some random college kid when i'm 60 to come and be like oh you covered the nfl in 2020 with no fans what was that like and this will be like the one moment was like this is freaking weird man this is just this is so so weird and and it resonated clearly with the players when avery williamson talked about it steve mcclendon talked about it braxton barrios talked about it everyone talked about how odd this is and how it's just gonna have to be something that that they get over because if you think about it man these guys have played in front of people dating back to whenever they decided to start playing football if that was when they were 60 pounders like when uh, at least in my hometown we did it by weight so it was the 60 pound group up to if they played in high school, if they played in college, mom and dad were at least in the stands or mom was in the stands or dad was in the stands or someone else's parent. You were always playing in front of somebody. This is the first time in anyone's lives they're going to play in front of nobody. And it's weird, man. It It was weird yesterday.
1: And we've seen, you know, each sport has kind of gone through it one at a time and, and baseball has the has the cardboard cutouts in the stands. The NBA, I think, has done the best job with the bubble and the actual virtual fans that they have around the arena. Mm-hmm. Hockey players I think from, that's even weirder. Yeah, I think that's it's weird, but I don't know if I like that man. Uh, it's at least they're actually people watching the game. They're just who knows where on a computer screen. Yeah. Um, it seems like hockey players to me have maybe had the biggest Problem with it, I've heard different hockey players actually say that they can't really get as fired up for games in the environment up in Canada. Um, but but football is going to be definitely a, a big deal. And it'll be interesting to see how different teams handle it, how different teams react, because you got to find that motivation somewhere if it's not the fans, because you got got to be able to bring it on Sunday. So it's certainly going to be interesting. Um, the question is, Who's going to be healthy enough to bring it on Sundays for the Jets? So let's get into some of the problems this team's facing right now. I guess we'll start at wide receiver, Connor. We've talked about that before. It's been Mims, Mims, Mims. Now Perryman joins him as far as the injured guys go. I mean, you have Hogan. Dante Moncrief was signed by this team. That doesn't seem like the answer in any way. Um, So just kind of bring us up to date here. Is there anything else the Jets can do other than just hope and kind of pray that Perryman and Mims get back soon?
0: Uh, they need guys to get healthy. I, I think that's the, the most significant takeaway from, from every practice. And, and honestly, man, it's, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty surprising to me the number of guys that are out and missing time and the guys that just haven't returned. Cause I remember we talked to Gates, like the first, the first day of training camp, like the first time we're really watching a practice the main thing that everyone really wanted to see was was in all seriousness Denzel Mims he's the second round pick he's the wide receiver he's the guy that the jets drafted to be Sam Darnold's go-to guy and grow and develop and and learn with him and we show up first day and, and he's on the side with with a mask and no helmet and it's like oh i guess Denzel's not working and and gay says oh it's a it's a hamstring issue um we're going to take it a little slow with him but it, but it shouldn't be that big of a problem all of a sudden mims has gone through now how many days of training camp we're on 14, 15, 16 days of training camp. However long we've been doing this thing, they all merged together at this point. And Mims hasn't had a single practice. The most that this guy has done is what he's doing with Pierre Desir, which is casually jogging around the sideline, not sprints, not straight line sprints, not cutting jogging around the field. That's also what the jets starting corner pierre desire is doing and and brian pool is the one guy that i think is very close to working back in fact he feels he can play he had a nasty reaction to dehydration there was a underlying health issue um that the the jets would not get into specifics on what that underlying health issue was other than it's an underlying health issue that when he had the dehydration it basically made the dehydration 10 times worse which is why he's been out for so long um he's working his way back he will be back but Pierre Desir is supposed to be another major part of this defense. He, like Mims, has done nothing and is just casually walking around the field. Mims, supposed to be a major part of this offense, was supposed to be casually walking around the field. Or casually just running around the field. Rashad Perryman, a guy who had a tremendous start to training camp the first week, two weeks of camp. Tweaks his knee in practice. Suddenly he's not there. We were talking to Gay. Gay said, look, not serious. We might be able to have him back tomorrow. Tomorrow comes, there's no Perryman. Gase goes, we're going to have him back by Saturday. Saturday comes, still no Perryman. There's swelling in his knee that has not gone down, and until that goes down, he can't start running, and until he starts running, he can't start practice. So you're looking at this Jets roster right now, and you look at it just on paper, and you say, okay, that actually looks like something that might be able to compete in the NFL. You suddenly start crossing off the number of players that this team has now lost, especially at the receiver and cornerback position, and they're in trouble. Like, there's a reason why Braxton Berrios is having the camp that he is. It's because he's going up against Gavilan or Javelin Gidry every single day. Javelin Gidry is one snap away from being the Jets' starting cornerback because right now they have Bless Austin on one side, who looks like a pretty decent player right now, certainly having a very good camp. I don't know if he's a number one, but he's a, he's a solid starting corner. Arthur Marlette is not a starting corner in the NFL. Nate Harrison is not a starting corner in the NFL. That's the Jets' two guys. Quincy Wilson hasn't had the camp the Jets expected. There's a reason he's still working with the second team. Like I said, Javelin Guidry is the next guy up. Bryce Hall, the corner the Jets drafted, just came off the COVID list, still recovering from the injury he suffered in college. That corner situation is absolutely decimated. Then you look at the receiver position. No Perryman, no Mims. Those are the Jets' top two outside wide receivers on a receiving class that, or a receiving group that we already thought was going to struggle and not be very good. You have someone named Josh Malone starting outside right now, man. Like, Chris Hogan was signed as like, okay, yeah, let's bring him here. Maybe a deep threat. Maybe he can do something. He's playing every snap now because the Jets have no one else. They were a snap away from George Campbell being this team's starting receiver. Have you ever heard of Jehu Chesson? Because he's the next guy up. Like, these guys are like... This team is in legitimate trouble at receiver. This team is in legitimate trouble at corner, and they need to get guys healthy because if they don't get guys healthy, Josh Allen's going to throw for 600 on this team. Like, that's what's going to happen, and I I have a trouble seeing the Jets move the ball because I'll be honest, man. I've seen these practices. The offensive line looks legitimately better, but they're not going to give Sam Darnold seven seconds to throw in the pocket, and the normal time that a quarterback has three three and a half seconds at the most these guys just aren't getting open in time and eventually teams are going to say you know what we're going to a pack the box we're going to bracket chris herndon and we're going to spy uh jamison crowder and ask someone else to beat us and i don't think 32 old chris hogan who's clearly lost a step and also coming off that injury he's not going to do it and obviously you can't expect it out of george campbell or uh, josh malone so the the jets it, it, it's tough right now man because i don't see anything they can do I, I honestly don't. I, I don't I don't see any... Like, Des Bryant and Antonio Brown, that's not happening. Like, I, I don't think that's happening. Kevin White is a cool name, and obviously Ian Rappaport tweeted out the picture where he looks jacked as hell, and it's like, cool, but guess what? Jets are struggling with injuries, and Kevin White can't go to the grocery store without tweaking <laughs> something. So, like, there's a problem there. There's a reason why he's unsigned, despite the way he looks and his athletic ability. So, there's no one out there that's coming to save the day the jets need to get healthy because of that because no one is coming to save this team no there's no trade option the jets don't have the draft picks really to go get anyone they're not trading for juju steelers aren't letting juju go this year there's no one to really trade for there's no one out there on the free agent market. They're stuck with what they have. And so they have to get these guys healthy. The issue is, is that I have no idea. And clearly the Jets have no idea when these guys are going to get healthy. It seems very unlikely Denzel Mims plays at any point early in this season. And obviously, Brashad Perryman is a giant question mark when he's supposed to come back. So I, I don't want to say the Jets are like screwed and or F'd or whatever. But, like, if these guys don't get healthy, they are screwed because there's no way they're beating the 49ers. There's no way they're beating the Bills with this current roster right now. They're just not.
1: Yeah, Perryman was, like, the bright light of the first uh, couple of, of practices here with this team. I yeah. thought it was telling yesterday, just kind of following along with the workout on, on your Twitter feed. Mm-hmm. Um, and at one point, I think it was David Fail's playing well against Jets' number one secondary. Yeah, the starter. I mean, that says – we did an entire segment last week – On the fact that if David Fales has to play football this season, the Jets are completely hosed. And then on Sunday, David Fales looks pretty good against this uh, top-flight current Jet secondary because of the injuries. It's just it's bad on both sides,
0: dude. And that's it. Like that. Like that's it. Like I I remember saying. I was like, oh, like David Fales. And like in in my head, like I I I was I I can't remember if I revised or whatever, but I had this tweet basically saying is like David Fales and Braxton Barrios are torching the Jets starting secondary right now. (laughs) As like a this is a freaking problem, <laughs> but then I sat there and I was like, wait a minute, this isn't the Jets starting secondary. Yes, right now this is the secondary the Jets have working with their first team, but it's not the Jets starting secondary. The Jets starting secondary was supposed to be Marcus May at safety, Bradley McDougal at safety, Ashton Davis casually rotating in. They were supposed to be Bless Austin, Quincy Wilson, or Arthur Maulet out at one corner. Bless Austin's clearly solidified himself as the, as the number two corner throughout camp. So it was going to be Bless Austin at corner, Pierre Desire at corner, Bryant Poole at corner. The Jets starting secondary yesterday that that Fails and Braxton Berrios were t- tearing apart. It had Bradley McDougal out there. Yeah, great. Bennett Jackson was the other safety. Bennett Jackson being in camp as their third team safety, but because Matthias Fairley's out and because Marcus May was sitting out of practice with a calf injury, which I know the Jets say they're not concerned, Take that with a grain of salt. With the way this camp's going, like I wouldn't be surprised if he's got to have his calf removed. With the way that this camp's going for the Jets, um, but they had Bennett Jackson as one safety, Bradley McDougal one safety. They had Arthur Maulet at corner or Arthur Maulet in the in the nickel. They had Nate Harrison outside and they had Bless Austin outside. So two of the five players that are supposed to be the Jets' starting secondary are who the Jets had as the starting secondary. They're missing their number one corner. They're missing their number three corner. They're missing their top safety. And like the guys that they're trotting out there. If 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 Arthur Mollett has to start in the slot or Arthur Mollett has to start a game, he can't cover Braxton Berries. What the hell is going to happen when Stephon Diggs shows up? <laughs> like like and, and from what I've heard, Stephon Diggs is having a hell of a camp out in Buffalo. And Josh Allen looks good, and the Bills look like they're roaring and raring to go. The Jets like they, again, man. I said they need to get healthy because like Superman's not walking through the door. Like no one no no one's no one's coming through the door that's going to save this team. They need to get their guys healthy and the amount of injuries that just keep piling up whew, I, I i don't i don't know i don't know because it's getting bad like it is absolutely time to sound the alarms like it's always been like oh wait it sound it maybe it'll be they'll, they'll get back they'll get healthy we're two weeks from the opener right now braxton uh, uh we're two weeks from the opener denzel mims hasn't practiced pierre desire hasn't practiced they're not even running routes yet or covering air they're literally jogging around the practice field brashad perriman has a knee injury that was supposed to be a day which has now kept him out two weeks like they're Dante Moncrief is like in line to start right now and the guy isn't even here yet. So it's like it's like it's 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 bad. Oh, and by the way, the Jets kicking situation sucks too. So that <laughs> that's just the cherry on top.
1: The um you know who's going to be walking through that door to play receiver for the Jets if if this doesn't get turned around? Jamar Chase next season because they're going to have a high enough draft pick yeah. to take the LSU <laughs> wideout who just opted out of yeah. the college football season and who's probably going to be a top 5 pick. Unfortunately, that's not what what we want to hear as far as for jets fans right now though they need something now and before that but uh marissa something from the listeners
2: um well someone who's available now that we i feel like talked about forever mr logan ryan so the youtube chat wants to know connor what's the latest
0: it's uh, well the guy's a safety now right so logan ryan is no longer a corner that's official he is now a safety which makes sense because as a corner he's had Last year was his first year having interceptions since 2016. He also let up like seven touchdowns last season. The Jets don't need a safety. If Marcus May suffered a season-ending injury yesterday to that calf and it's not serious and it wasn't, um, the, the way that Gase described Marcus May's injury was the same way as, as Le'Veon Bell's hamstrings that weren't yeah. actually an issue. was that they He said they were tight. But he said, my calf's a little tight, but I'm fine. I can go back out there. And Gase was like, you're out of your goddamn mind. If you think, like, after everything we've dealt with in training camp right now, we're going to risk you going out there and tweaking something. So they basically said, no, sit down. You're fine. We don't need you in this one drive and scrimmage. We'll put Bennett out there. We need you healthy for the regular season. If that injury was more serious, then I could see maybe the Jets going and getting Logan Ryan because he'd be a good veteran presence back there, a, a player that they could do safety. But... Where do they need him? Like he's not going to start over Bradley McDougal. That's there's a reason they traded for him. Like Bradley McDougal wasn't a oh yeah I want that guy too. Like throw in piece for for that Jamal Adams trade. Like the Jets were targeting Bradley McDougal. Like they wanted Bradley McDougal if they were giving up Jamal Adams. So there's a reason he's starting. You're obviously not taking Marcus May off the field and Ashton Davis is having a hell of a training camp. So you want him to be your third safety. They just they don't need Logan Ryan. If Logan Ryan was a, was a corner in the prime of his career, yeah I would probably say you know what go out there and get him because you don't know when Pierre Desir is going to be ready. You don't know if he comes back, he tweaks that hamstring again because Pierre DeZier also dealt with hamstring issues in Indianapolis last year. So you don't know if this is a chronic thing, if this is starting to, to peak or, or be a problem. So if he was still a corner, now maybe it makes some sense. But if he's, a, if he's a safety and just wants to play safety, the Jets don't need him because they have that hybrid position already with Ashton Davis. Ashton Davis is probably... He has certainly a higher ceiling and depending on how this year goes he might actually be a better player than than logan ryan anyway and you're not going to take bradley mcdougall or marcus may off the field to get logan Ryan on it so i just i don't see where i don't see where he fits
1: so the jets don't need logan ryan but we could all use fubo tv so let's talk a little bit about that they have a family plan going on right now it allows you to watch Three different things at the same time. So, three members of your family can be on three separate screens watching three different things. Their standard base plan, two screens at once. And right now, you can get 15% off your first month. Also, if you can't get to that show live, 30 hours of DVR in the cloud on Fubo TV. You also get your local channel so you won't miss the local sports action on your local networks. These are tough times for a lot of people, but $50 a month, very affordable, much more affordable. Than cable right now. NBC Sports also included on the national feed. With the NFL season around the corner, Fubo.tv will not disappoint. Stay updated on your favorite teams as well as local broadcast news. So go to FuboTV.com athletic today and get 15% off your first month. You won't regret it. That's FuboTV.com athletic. Start your first month today. All right, we've talked a lot about the secondary, a lot about the wide receivers. Both those group obviously have a big impact on on Sam Darnold, what he's doing here as he tries to progress yep. and become a top-flight quarterback in the NFL. And that's a progression, Connor, that so far, and you can blame a lot of things, including the lack of weapons to get the ball to, so far we haven't seen so far in this training camp. Um, it's been a lot of dink and dunk, and, and it's just frustrating to see a, a quarterback that you want to see take that stride having to resort to that type of offense because of the weapons right now.
0: Yeah, and it's, it's tough man to cuz that's like the question I get asked all the time by jet fans whether it's it's here, whether it's like in a mailbag, whether it's like on the street, like it doesn't matter. Like everyone always wants to know. And even friends, like like friends of mine that know I that obviously know I cover the Jets. Last guy go how's Sam looking like whatever. Like we did a fantasy football draft the other day and, and one of my friends is a Jets fan. He's like, "Oh, how Sam looking? How Sam looking? Like he's a big year. He's going to have a big year." And the thing that I keep telling him, and and honestly, it was, we talked, I was talking about with some of the other reporters too at practice the other day, is that like, Sam hasn't had a bad training camp by any stretch of the imagination. He just hasn't really done anything to make, I think, anyone say like, this dude's gonna take, this dude's gonna blow up 2020. Like, Like, there's, like, he, he, what what Gase has said about how he's processing things quicker. He's doing things quicker. He's more comfortable. Like yeah, you can see that. Like I think he definitely you can tell he's definitely processing things quicker. You can tell that he's definitely more comfortable like where where he's taking more control of the offense, where he's like, you know, talking a little bit of fake trash to the defense, where he's he's speaking up in front of his teammates like you can tell he's definitely more comfortable. You can tell when he's going through his reads that he's processing everything quicker. But he hasn't really had like A great camp and he hasn't i don't know if he's really had a good camp either i think he's been okay i think he's been above average i think he's been fine but i don't think he's really done anything to make me be like oh there you go and and like a couple a couple examples of it would be sunday like the 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 practice on sunday there was a play where in the in the drive the field drill where the Jets eventually scored against the second team defense where Darnold like faked the handoff to a play action boot across his body. So you know he's a right-handed quarterback, so he was rolling out left. He had to adjust his feet. It was it was a challenging throw, but he had to adjust his feet and hit Trevon Wesco, who had gotten to the second level of the defense. No one really covered him because he kinda snuck around from the other side. He was wide open in the middle of the field for what would have been like a 15-yard gain, and he probably could have picked up another 10 yards, 15 yards after that to, to have a 25, 30, 30-yard 30 catch. Darnold like, kind of adjusted his body. To, again, it was not an easy throw. Adjusted his body and threw one to him, and the ball went behind Wesco as he was moving it over his head for an incompletion. A tough throw, but if a guy's having a stellar camp, that's the throw you make to say, like, man, he's doing that every single day. He's about to take off. There was a play in the red zone before he threw the the touchdown to Chris Hogan where he uh, the it was a, a cool little like rub route with Jamison Crowder, which the Jets have run before. It reminded me of the touchdown uh, that he threw to Crowder in, in the first Dolphins game that the Jets eventually lost, but where Crowder kind of came around the left side and was wide open in the corner of the end zone. It's a timing route because it's kind of like a pick play where then Crowder comes around the side, but Crow, Crowder's open in, in the back corner of the end zone. Darnold put it over his head. And it wasn't, it wasn't close. He missed him by like two yards. That's a throw where that one was an easier throw. If he's having a great camp, he makes that. There was a, a play in the practice before the scrimmage where uh, Chris Herndon was marched up on Marcus May again in a red zone drill. Herndon split wide as a wide receiver, went deep, and Darnold threw it over his head on fourth down out of bounds. And it's like, he makes some good throws. The turnovers are down. That's a positive. He's he, When Perryman was in there, he made a couple throws to Perryman where it was like, wow. But since these guys have gone down, and and again, I attribute a lot of these struggle or a lot of these non-impressive practices, like you said, Tim, to the weapons around him. Is it? It's because I I I, I don't. Know. It's tough. like I said, he's he's not doing anything through camp right now to make me say or make me think this guy's going to have a massive 2020 season, or this guy's going to have a huge year, or he's ready to be a franchise quarterback. I feel very similar about him right now as I have the last two years, where you see some good, then you see some bad, and you basically say, I don't know if he's going to be the reason the Jets win a Super Bowl or if he's just a quarterback that's going to be pretty good throughout the NFL, have some good moments, have some bad moments, and if you surround him with a shit ton of talent, then maybe he can play well and and lead you to a Super Bowl. I don't really know that about him, and I think the reason why we don't know that about him is the Jets, since they've had had Sam Darnold on their roster, have done a very – poor job and our our bills writer is the one who coined this phrase and I think it's so perfect but the Jets have done a very poor job of eliminating variables so if you look at the Buffalo Bills roster right now Tim and you and you look at Josh Allen Josh Allen like Sam Darnold right now is a quarterback that you can say I don't really know what he is and and what I mean by that is he's clearly not a bust he's clearly not a bad player but you don't know if he's more Pat Mahomes Deshaun Watson Carson Wentz Or is he more Matt Ryan, Matt Stafford? Like you don't know, and Matt like probably Matt Stafford, like you don't know if he's more there or if he's more here. What the Bills have done, though, is they've positioned themselves in 2020 to say we know exactly what Josh Allen's going to be after this season because they have given him a tremendous receiving core with John. Tremendous might be a little strong, but a very good receiving core in John Brown, Cole Beasley and Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs is a legitimate number one. John Brown's a good guy to take the top off the defense. A good number two. Cole Beasley's a very good slot wideout. They also have a, a decent tight end whose name is escaping me. They've built him a pretty good offensive line. Where are they? The Dallas Cowboys, the the Philadelphia Eagles in 2017, the Patriots at times. No, but they're a good offensive line. They're certainly above average. They're probably top ten offensive lines in the NFL. They've given him a solid running back rotation with Singletary and the rookie they just drafted and all that stuff. So. It's now like on Josh Allen, like, like Brandon Bean has basically said, like, here is your roster that has good offensive line, good receivers, good tight end, and good coach. It's up to you to, to, to sink or swim now. We're going to know after this year what kind of quarterback you are and what we got to do to win a Super Bowl. You can't say that about Darnold, because his first two years, the offensive line was atrocious. The Jets offensive line is is okay this year, probably a slightly above average. If everyone's healthy and, and things stride and go forward, they're pretty good. But you got coaching question marks with Adam Gase right now. You don't really know what kind of a coach Adam Gase is. The receiving unit was going to be questionable anyway, and now they're down Perryman and Mims and, and, and even more than that. Lawrence Cager is now out, and, and everyone is getting her. Jeff Smith was a starting receiver for this team. He's now out. Like, and the fact Jeff Smith was even a starter, I mean, that guy's going to struggle to make almost 31 other NFL teams. So all of the issues that, that are still around Darnold that are not with some of these other guys – they're all reasons why you can't get a true, legitimate evaluation of him. If you took Sam Darnold and you put him in the Bills' offense right now, I guarantee you after 2020, we're going to know what kind of quarterback he is. We're going to know because you're, all of the variables are gone. Right now, you can blame Adam Gase's poor play calling at times for a reason why Sam Darnold doesn't, doesn't take off this year. You can blame the fact that he does not have any kind of legitimate number one receiver on the roster, and even the receivers he has right now are very banged up you can make the argument that this is the first year the offensive line is together and they're still kind of piecing things together. You can make all of these excuses and all that's doing is neutering the evaluation that you could potentially have on Darnold. And, and it's a big problem for the Jets. It's one of the biggest issues uh, that Mike Mcagnan had during his tenure here as Jets GM. And unfortunately his ineptitude, those final two years is a big reason why the Jets are in this situation right now where, I don't think Sam Darnold's having a very great training camp. He doesn't look bad, but I don't think he's having a great training camp. And I can't tell you if that's because of Sam Darnold or if that's because of all those pieces around him.
1: Yeah, and the, you mentioned McAgnon, and it goes back to that, right? Because we've said lots of good things about Joe Douglas on this podcast and the way he's building this yeah. team, but it takes time to build a complete roster from nothing. And they've made the decision that they weren't going to do weapons first, right? They get the offensive line mm-hmm. fixed first, and they did attempt to get Mims, and obviously that hasn't panned out so far because of the injury. But it's just it's just a frust- frustrating spot when you take the quarterback Maybe when the Jets did, when you have so much else to, to kind of fix, it's going to take a while before you learn what you have in that quarterback as opposed to getting together an offensive line and other pieces and then bringing in your quarterback. But, I mean, you got to get them when you can, and they were in that spot high in the draft, and they got Darnold, the guy they liked. And now we're just going to have to continue, I think, to wait and see um, if he's the guy. Um, I did want to ask you about um, – you mentioned Gase. And, you know, the decision making as far as play calling, I wanted to bring up the Bell Gase feud. I'm going to put that in quotes feud from last week on Wednesday when when Gase said that that Bell had kind of tweaked something. And so they held him out of practice. And then uh, Bell went on Twitter and kind of ranted and then they cleared it up supposedly in a meeting where Gase said, you know, he thought that that they could have had that conversation instead of going to social media. All that said, it just goes back to the same thing when you think about Adams and all these different players. Is it possible that Adam GaSe thinks that he has a certain relationship with players, Connor? He actually doesn't have that relationship with play- with these players.
0: That's a hell of a question. <laughs> that's a hell of that's 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 the hell of a question. And I, I think that you could be onto it. You could absolutely you could absolutely be onto it. I think there could be a point where GaSe maybe doesn't. Yeah, I mean I think what you just said is it I think I think that very well could be it because sometimes I mean you have to you have to do a lot of self-evaluating sometimes and and that's in any point in life. I mean I'm not trying to preach to anyone here, but I mean that's that's anything in life. Sometimes your view or outlook on yourself is not what somebody else's outlook of you is. I mean you you kind of it's it's a it's a self-awareness thing and that could be very well the case. Now, if this was happening with uh, say like Chris Herndon or this was happening with say Sam Darnold or this was happening with Marcus May or happening with Jordan Jenkins or happening with uh, Connor McGovern who just got here or happening with some of these other people. I would probably be more worried about that. Yeah. I think that because this was Le'Veon Bell, I think that there is, is probably a little bit to that because the entire thing, like di- like I-, I saw this from the outside happening and I was like, this is much ado about nothing where and even when Gase talked to us, he kind of said very clearly and very explicitly, like, he if this is a game, Bell probably doesn't come out. But what he said is he basically comes out, and he, and, he, and, he, and he did say, he goes, look, he goes, somebody told me he had tight hamstrings. I'm not risking that. Very similar to what happened with Marcus May. Marcus May had a little calf issue. He's not risking it. With all the issues the Jets have right now, he's not trying to lose his best player, so he took him out. Now, what normally happens in a normal situation is Bell probably goes back to the locker room. He's pissed, or he talks to Gase after practice, and he's pissed. And Gase is like, "Look, man, no pro- We just don't want to risk it." He goes, "I heard it was a little tight. I just don't want to risk it getting any worse. So we're gonna like calm this down. It's all gonna be fine." With the way that training camp works, and this is this is how it's always. This isn't a Gase thing. This happened with Todd Bowles and Rex Ryan and all that stuff. The coach talks to us, the media before he talks to, like he addresses the whole team after practice but then he goes right and does media with us and then he goes back to his office and then they have team meetings and everything like that so Gase talked to us before he could talk to bell which is why he told us what he did bell clearly went on twitter saw probably one person tweet that uh Gase says bell had hamstring tightness and not the full quote of right. so i was being extremely precautionary he would have stayed in like he had hamstring tightness he's fine he says F that, I don't have hamstring tightness. And then he goes on the Twitter tweet storm, which I think shows a little bit of a lack of maturity yes. for, for Bell 100%. to do that. I mean, he should have just just gone to the coach and be like, dude, why'd you take me out? Gay says, here's why I took you out. And then all of a sudden it's water. And there's no problem. There's no problem at all. It was Bell going on this tweet storm, whatever. Personally, I think the bigger problem at Jets camp right now is that Le'Veon Bell has talked a hell of a game, man. He's talked about how he's going to have the best year of his career, best shape of his life, all that stuff. I agree. The dude is shredded and looks like he's in great shape. He's not the best back at Jets camp right now, like in terms of productivity. Like as far as talent, yeah, probably the most talented running back at Jets camp. Productivity is not it. You know, it's it's. I think what he needs to realize quickly is that the Jets are not the Pittsburgh Steelers of a couple years ago. Man, like this is not Ben is not under center. Antonio Brown's not split wide. That offensive line the Jets have is remark is definitely improved. But it's not the Steelers' offensive line. So when Bell would get these handoffs before and when he was with the Steelers, he had the luxury of dancing and waiting for that perfect hole because Antonio Brown was split wide, so he was never seen a loaded box because you had to keep a safety over Antonio Brown where Antonio Brown was going to beat you like crazy. And even if you did keep a safety over, Antonio Brown was the best wide receiver in the NFL for a few years before he went crazy. So he was catching like 120 balls a season. Like The guy was ridiculous. So he had the luxury of sitting by there, aside from the fact the line was going to open holes anyway, finding the perfect one and going. The Jets and any defense that faces the Jets defense in practice and any defense that faces the Jets in the regular season is not going to uh, be fearful of Josh Malone split wide. They're really not going to be fearful of Rashad Perryman or Denzel Mims either. So they're going to be loading the box because their priority is going to be stopping Le'Veon Bell. The Jets' offensive line's improved. It's still not great. So when he gets to the line and starts dancing and pitter pattering, that's a problem because all it's giving is the defense more time to close in on him and tackle him for no gain, two yard gain, something like that. He's just constantly dancing. I've seen countless times also where his vision is a little question mark or a little questionable, where he can, there's a clear hole because our vision now in practice is sometimes behind the line. We can see like the wide open cutback lane to the left, and he's still just dancing in the middle and then gets tackled for no loss. With Frank Gore, he's a no bullshit runner. So, with Frank Gore, he gets the ball, finds the first crease, and gets through it. A couple times that's resulted in 10, 15 yard runs for him, but almost every time it's at least three, it's at least four, it's sometimes five. So, he's being just get the ball, go downhill, get the ball, go downhill, get the ball, go downhill. When P Ryan has come in, he's been given, he's been doing the same thing as Gore get the ball, get through the line, get to the next level. P. Ryan is at a point in his life where he's obviously a little bit more athletic than Frank Gore, who's 37, 38, 39, 75, how old he is. P. Ryan is at a point in his career where he's now going to take the three, four, five Gore runs and turn them into five, six, seven, eight yard runs just because he's younger and more elusive and stuff. But they're doing the no BS run style of get the ball, get yardage, get the ball, get yardage, while Bell is still stuck in his like old Steeler ways where he's dancing around and it's not working. That's the biggest issue for Bell. And I can tell you right now, Gase is not just going to force feed Bell the ball because he's Le'Veon Bell. He's going to ride the hot hand when the regular season happens. So if Bell is getting 10 carries early in the game and he's doing that dancing thing and getting tackled behind the line, he's got 10 carries for 30 yards or 10 carries for 35 yards and 10 of them came on one play. Frank Gore comes in, he's got five carries for 20. Frank Gore is going to keep getting the ball because that's what they're going to do. They're going to ride the hot hand. Cause there was times last year where the jets ran bell into the ground just for the sake of running bell. And it didn't work. So it's, it's, it's that's, that's the bigger issue that I think bell needs to, to, to focus on is the fact that he's got to look in the mirror and realize he is not the most productive pack at jets camp right now. And while the, while he sat because of his hamstrings, you could have made the argument that Bell should have been sitting anyway because Frank Gore came in and the offense started moving. Lamichael Ryan came in and he started breaking off runs left, right, and sideways. So I, I think that that's that's the bigger thing from Camp so far.
1: Ryan's a popular name in the chat right now, Marissa. There's questions about him, right?
2: Yeah, Andrew wants to know any updates on Piron.
0: Of course, he left the yeah, game with, yet, uh, with
1: the ankle injury.
0: Yeah, he did. It didn't look good. I mean, as soon as it like we were all watching the play in the press box, and as soon as he bent backwards. Every single one of them was went. all of us in the, in the media room went, oh, boy, because it just he was like running forward. Someone fell. He kind of got caught and then he bent backwards. And you could tell like it you it, didn't have the, you know, obviously in a game you have the big visual of like right up on his ankle. You're like, oh, God, that looks ugly. You don't know. Limped off, carted back. Um, I I would be surprised if you see P. Ryan back within the next couple of weeks. I mean, it, it didn't look good. It might be it looked. I don't want to guess, but like the high ankle sprain might be a possibility in there. They're getting an MRI to make sure there's no ligament damage or anything like that. But uh, we have nothing new to update on that yet. Adam Gase is supposed to talk to the media again on Tuesday when they have practice. So that's when uh, we'll, we'll get a full update. Because that was the same thing with Jeff Smith, where he got hurt. Gase said, I don't have an update. He's getting the MRI. We talked to Gase the next day and he said he's he's going to be out a few weeks because of whatever the MRI showed. So uh, that that's kind of what we're all waiting on right now is an MRI. And then obviously to talk to Gase about just how severe that is.
1: All right. Before we take another break, uh, one more thing: Yannick Ngakwe goes to the Vikings on uh, over yep. the weekend. Um, a trade, second rounder in 2021, fifth rounder in 2022, which I think could be- become up to a third rounder depending on um, production and all that sort of things. But, but Connor, the big question is, I guess, for for a lot of Jets fans, this is a team that needs a pass rush. Why weren't the Jets in mm-hmm. on Ngakwe?
2: And he took a pay
0: cut. Yeah. Yeah, that oh, was he probably wouldn't have done that, that for the to Jets join the Jets, there, though. Let's be <laughs> honest, right? I mean, he wanted. To be it's on true. Way. Yeah. Yeah, that that's that's true. I mean, it, it had to be the right situation. The Jets were never going to give him the seventeen million. It would have had to be, uh, I think, a late, like a third round pick. Maybe they would have given up, or or maybe a three and a five. Like they would have had to go lower with with draft compensation. The Jets, because again, you see what the issue is with the Jets roster. They're not in a position where they can start packaging a bunch of their picks to go get one player like they're not one player away like yannick would have made the jets better but they 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 are not in a position where they can just be putting all their picks together and sending them and saying okay we're gonna go get one player um there was the issue obviously with um like i said so it was it was the issue where i don't think the jets had the draft compensation to go trade him i don't think that yannick was going to be taking a pay cut to go play play for the jets which is what the jets would have wanted anyway He's not really a Greg Williams-type player. Like, he's not he's not really that kind of like a run-stuffer and a pass rusher, do-it-all, high-energy guy. Like, he's got some personality flaws as well. Um, there's the the concern the Jets had as well, which is that you're going to have to be paying a lot of money to a guy that hasn't necessarily, necessarily shown he can be the premier pass rusher. Like, when you look at his best seasons, Yannick's, he had... Calais Campbell next to him. He had Dante Fowler on the other side. I mean, there were a lot of, even last year, Josh Allen on the Jaguars is Mm -hmm. a legitimate pass rusher. Like, there's a lot of guys that are taking the attention off him. He's not necessarily seeing that many double teams, where if he comes to the Jets, he's going to get double teamed on every snap. So that's an issue there. And I think the biggest thing, more so with that, is that at this point, you're worried about him being a rental. Because the Jets could not trade for Yannick and then extend him right now. So if you could, if they weren't past the trade or the the contract extension point, I think that then it's more likely an option because the Jets can get him, bring him in here, give him the long-term contract extension. You know you have Yannick for the next four or five years. You also know you have a pass rusher, so you don't have to worry about using a draft pick on one of the pass rushers. The problem is, is that you're past the point where you can extend him. So the Jets would have had to one, trade for him, pay him whatever they have to pay him on the renegotiated salary. Then if they can't agree to a long-term contract extension, tag him again franchise tag him again which is going to be 17 18 million dollars next year in a cap world where the jets are going to have to be pretty frugal with their money because of the fact that it could be just a team cap of 175 million so you don't want to basically take 20 of that and give it to one player and two and the last part of it is that i really aside from him being a one-year rental or potentially one-year rental where you trade him you give him this one year money and then all of a sudden he leaves in free agency It's the fact that I don't think the Jets are that much better of a team or that closer to the playoffs with Yannick on their roster than without. I mean, are they a better team? Yeah, they'd have a pass rusher when they don't necessarily always have a pass rusher. But they're not like five wins better with him than without. So I just don't think it was the right time. It wasn't the right situation. If he's there in free agency, like say the Vikings don't bring him back, the Jets could pursue him then. I think that would make a lot more sense. But trading him to risk only having him for one year... I don't. I don't think that that was the right move for the Jets this year. If the Jets were a team that was looking for a piece that could get them to the Super Bowl, yeah, I get it. Go get him. Bring him in here, even if it's for one year. He could potentially help you get to a Super Bowl. But for a team that might make a run at the playoffs, it just it doesn't it doesn't make that much sense to me.
2: All right, we'll get to more of our YouTube questions in a second, but first, Connor's favorite DraftKings. It's everyone's favorite time go. of year, and it's right around the corner. That's right, football is about to be back. To celebrate football's 101st year, DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook, is putting new users in the center of the action with a free $101 bet when they place a bet on Kansas City vs. Houston Thursday night game. This touchdown of a deal is only available for 101 hours, so get in on all the action now. You heard us right. DraftKings is giving all new users a free bet of $101 once they sign up and place a bet of $10 or more on the Kansas City versus Houston game. If you're new to DraftKings Sportsbook, head to the app now to check out all the great promotions and odd boosts they're offering. DraftKings Sportsbook is safe, secure, and reliable, located right here in the United States, so it's easy to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code QUICK to get a free $101 bet to use once you place a bet on the first football game of the season. That's promo code QUICK to get your free $101 bet for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey only. Other terms and conditions and restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER.
0: One on one Dalmatian. That's what I think every time I hear one on one. I think about it, right, DraftKings stock ain't doing too great today. I have to do the Connor day traders. I mean, that, the whole stock market is in ugly shape right now, though. Today is not a great start to the week. No. Well. We're gonna hope for a little bit of a bounce back. Boeing's down. DraftKings down. Royal's still looking pretty good. United's down. Zinga's down. Ooh.
2: And that was your I'm Connor crushed. She uh, crush
0: crushed. So much for the Yacht Club. Yacht <laughs> Club 2022. It's not coming in 2021. I'll tell you that.
1: You got to check out the, uh, the stock on Manscaped because fantasy football draft season is upon us. Due to quarantine, it's very possible that you might have Zeke's haircut in your pants. That's why our partners at Manscaped have partnered with us to make sure you don't gamble on shaving the same way you gamble on football. When it comes to men's hygiene, Manscaped is as good and safe as Christian McCaffrey in a PPR league. The Lawnmower 3.0 is the best hygiene tool for the modern man. Because of their ceramic blade and skin safe technology, your nicks and snags will be reduced. This is the perfect protection needed for your franchise quarterback. The lawnmower 3.0 is also waterproof, has an LED light on it, it's a game changer, and they just released Shears 2.0 nail kit, which is the perfect add-on to the Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer. Their perfect package 3.0 comes with the new and improved lawnmower, performer boxer briefs, and a travel bag for you to use when you're done quarantining and some other liquid formulations like the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver. For a limited time, subscribers get not one, but two free gifts. The Shed Travel Bag, that's a $39 value, and the patented high-performance anti-chafing Manscaped Boxer Briefs. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC20 at manscaped.com. Get 20% off free shipping with code THEATHLETIC.COM. Go to manscaped.com and use that. Again, it's 20% off and free shipping it's your time to boost your hygiene with the absolute besties with manscaped
0: you guys have your fantasy drafts right weren't we texting about that earlier yeah you guys yeah. got your yeah, fantasy yeah let's get drafts into that a little
1: bit we want to and you had yours last night so and we mentioned i did yeah. like christian mccaffrey was uh part of that wonderful manscaped read um <laughs> and i think he's top of your board right
0: yeah he, yeah, he would be. I mean, we are, I've been in the same uh, fantasy league for like... We actually looked it up last night. We're going on nine years now, the group. I've been playing with one of my friends since god, middle school. But, I mean, I think that this one that we've had with this kind of core group of us, give or take, like somebody might drop in, somebody might come. Like, we just added uh, one person this year. Uh, we've had the last nine years and the last three now we've made it... Or two years ago, we made it a keeper league. So, it's been a little like... It's changed the dynamic of it. So, like, I had... Chris Godwin, who I, I picked up as a waiver wire addition two years ago, kept him last year, kept him again this year. So it kind of like changes the draft board a little bit. One of my uh, buddies had Christian McCaffrey his rookie year. So he's been keeping him. So like McCaffrey was never on the board. Patrick Mahomes uh, for me, to... just
2: gonna keep your yep. league.
0: Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Uh, Not to Mahomes, brag or like
2: anything, keepers, but. <laughs> there you go.
0: There you go. Our keep, I, I'm trying to think who our keeper, I, if I remember correctly. I know Kelsey and Kittle were two keepers that somebody kept. Uh, Barkley and, uh, McCaffrey, uh, my fiance, like actually Bree Cause we, we, uh, we, um, we, uh, made it off of the league, like the old television show, the league, which was great for a few seasons. <laughs> uh, when we, created it nine years ago we were all like oh we need a jenny in our league like who's gonna be our jenny so brie and i were dating at the time we're like let's make brie the jenny and she's been like brie Bree kicks my ass every year she's like she's <laughs> super into it like she she'll have her draft board she's got her magazines because she wants to beat us all. And she's all she's always makes the playoffs she's finished second place a couple of times she doesn't have a win yet but she's always in the playoffs always usually coming out with money uh she kept alvin Kamara, uh lamar jackson and pat mahomes were both two keepers And, uh, I kept Godwin and then somebody kept Kareem hunt late as like, in like the 15th round value or something like that. So our, our draft is like, was like a little finicky, but I, I think what everyone does a lot now is just, they, you just go running back heavy. And uh, that makes a ton of sense. Cause I've, I've made the mistake before of, of looking at it and like, it kind of happened like me. So like when I was picking, I've had the seventh pick in the draft, uh, the top running back that I had there was like Austin Eckler. And I was looking, I was like, all right, I can go with OBJ. I could go with a Julio. I could go with a Mike Thomas. I was like, but the drop off between those wide receivers and the wide receiver I can get in the third round compared to the running back I can get right now compared to the running back I'll get in the second round, I was going to be screwed. So I went with the, I went with running back, running back with Eckler and Chris Carson, who were the top two guys. And then targeted my wide receivers with like Chris when I came away with Allen Robinson. Obviously Chris God was my keeper. Allen Robinson I came around with as well. I didn't realize that dude had like 90 catches and 1,100 yards with Mitch Trubisky throwing him passes. So that one's a, I'm a little hesitant with that, but I love Nick Foles being back with Matt Nagy. So I think that there's a chance there that Allen Robinson blows up. And then I came away with Darren Waller uh, as my other guy and Debo Samuel. I got in the ninth round who's hurt, but if he's actually comes back and is a little healthy, I'm excited about that one. And then in keeper leagues, like I, I highly recommend people getting the keeper leagues. I just think they're more funny because they add another dynamic to it. I always go with like a ton of rookies that might blow up later on so i grabbed like cd lamb i grabbed justin jefferson um hunter renfro i like a lot as well and then the only jet that i came away with was uh brashad perryman who i usually don't like when you cover an nfl team i stay away from drafting players of the team that i cover and the only reason is because you have an inflated opinion of them because you see them every single day so like i could see uh, uh jameson crowder catching 10 practices a day but does that mean the jets nickel corner just sucks and or does it mean james crowder jameson is having a good practice now if people are that adamant on drafting jets the only two that i would actually consider taking before the 10th round are chris herndon and um jameson crowder saying crowder's going to be a ppr nightmare for t- people like he's going to be a he's going to catch like 90 to 100 balls this year uh and then perryman i just got so late that it was like you know if that guy comes back and he's their number one take a chance on him take a flyer who are you guys targeting though who you like? You guys have your, your draft. Where do you, when do you Well, pick? I just
1: think it's interesting the way things have have swung back and forth. You mentioned the running backs because there was, you know, years ago when running backs, you had to get one of those top, you know, you wanted to get one of those top five running backs who were going to just mm-hmm. pile up 25, 30 points every week. You could just kind of count on it. And then, you know, the philosophy in the NFL changed with running backs where everybody does the committee and, and all of that. And I feel like it went away from drafting running backs and you, you would see more top receivers your number one receiver and a few quarterbacks kind of creeping into that first round a little more but now it seems like we're kind of back to the running backs you just need even more of them because of the way that it's it's set up marissa what are you uh what are you eyeing up
2: well so this kind of goes with fantasy and also rosters on game day steven asked can you guys explain the extra roster spots and practice squad players how it's all working this year so that comes in mind when you're drafting players in fantasy as well this year that
0: yeah, Yeah. I mean, Uh, honestly,
2: like, are you taking, you know, how many quarterbacks like that kind of thing?
0: Yeah. Yeah. When I, when I drafted and I think my entire league did this, we just drafted it normally. Cause what we kind of said to each other when we were talking, like I have my, I was talking to my father-in-law actually about it. And he said, he's been in a fantasy league for 30 years with his like friends from home. And they actually called it. Like they said, we're not doing fan we're not doing a league this year we're just going to do daily fantasy so they're going to do their same group of friends and they're going to have a money pot and they're just Mm going to do daily fantasy every week and try to win it that way because they were like we don't know what's like they there was their concerns weren't regular season's not going to happen their concerns were what kind of what marissa alluded to which was like a ton of injuries people get covid suddenly like you're down three quarterbacks what are you going to do is there like a do you put those guys on a special COVID list and then like a an like your fantasy draft code, so then you go sign somebody else and they don't count on the raw, like how would it work? They were like, there's so many obstacles. Let's just do daily fantasy for this year and go back to it. My league that I'm in, we said just do it normal and if shit hits the fan, we'll just make an adjustment on the fly. Like we'll go to a daily fantasy. Like we're just going to try because it's so... Like, I don't know if all teams really know how it's going to do. I think we're supposed to talk to, like, Joe Douglas or Rex Hogan or, or somebody else in the Jets front office this week at some point just to kind of give us the legitimate rundown on the background of, okay, these are the rules for the practice squad. This is the rule for this. This is the rule for the extra spots on the roster. Well, can you explain this that? Because Stephen just clarified his question. It. I actually can't yet.
2: Okay.
0: I can't. Well, there six, the you know, there's 16
2: I... guys in the practice squad this right. year. Yeah. Um, yes. And – and you can
0: protect like alternating three four, or something,
2: but it changes each oh, okay. week. And I believe the other teams do not know who you are protecting on your practice squad each week. So you get to select okay. four players gotcha. you're protecting and that can change each week, but it's not like other teams know these are your four that you're protecting.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. Like I said, we're, we were talking about in the media room two days ago, uh, Sunday, maybe no day before uh, Saturday, when The Jets practice on Saturday. We were talking about in the media room and, and basically just said like, look, there are so many rules, and there's so many like subsequent rules, and so many like extra bullet points. They are like, can we just have somebody explain it, like somebody within the Jets, and how you don't have to say like, oh, we're gonna put Flacco on the IR because he's actually only in the IR for three weeks now, yes. and this is why. But like, just to explain to us the breakdown of this is kind of how you're gonna start to see teams tackle this issue this year, and and that's supposed to come because so I, we're, I, I it, believe it, it IR be a you can have
2: an unlimited number of players come off IR. Compared to...
0: Yes, you can now. In the past. Yeah, and they also don't have to stay on the eight yeah, weeks or I think it's it three like they weeks. To, they can stay on, like, three. Yeah, mm-hmm. so yeah.
2: those are definitely all things we'll see this week as we see. Right,
1: and as we've seen in, in baseball, you'll have guys go on the IR. And they won't tell you why. Yeah. <laughs> but you'll yep. kind of... Yeah. We'll all kind of know why, but that's you'll just, you know, out. the yeah. way it is in this... Some, some teams more injury. than others. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In this... Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, you never knew why Patriots went on the injured list, so now everybody yeah. will be in not same, to be even more in the yeah. same boat um
0: um we have how are the questions doing i actually i just went on youtube uh the youtube thing it looks like we got we got a solid number of live viewers that have been popping in and out of this yeah thing. a lot
2: of good questions uh, doing our- um you kind of mentioned this earlier connor in passing um kathleen wanted to know about the kicker situation
0: ain't good <laughs> <laughs> she it's not said good that you're like, the only like, one like,
2: saying that it hasn't been good
0: I don't know who the hell's saying it. Look, it does look good. Like, I think people just have kind of said like, this sucks. I'm not going to talk about it. I don't think anyone said they look good because Brett Meyer was bad, which is why he got cut so early. Sam Ficken hasn't been any better. I mean, look, I've, I've been at camps where like the kicking competition comes down to like, wow, these two guys look really good. I don't know who's going to be the pick. Like I remember with Ross Martin a couple years ago where it was him and Catanzaro and they both were like neck and neck and they ended up going with Catanzaro because of the leg or with um, Jason Myers where like that guy looks like you can tell when a, you have a good kicker and you can tell where any time a kicker lines up for a kick, you're holding your breath. I mean, I like, we'll, we'll watch it on, on the side. and will be like, all right, 43 yarder. You think he makes it or you think he doesn't. And it's about 50, 50 and it's not 50, 50, like, Oh, I got 10 bucks on him missing it. It's like, literally, you just have no idea what's going to happen when Maher was kicking or when Ficken's kicking and you don't know. So I don't know if Hauschka is the answer. He's the one that a lot of people kind of bring up. I don't know if that's the case. I don't know if it's going to be someone else that shakes free, another veteran. I don't really know. Uh, But if Ficken's the Jets kicker week one, I don't know if he's their kicker by week four. Like that's how sporadic these guys are. And even if you look at Ficken last year, he wasn't a good kicker. He was just, the Jets had so many damn problems between Catanzaro, Taylor Bertolette, um, uh, who was the guy from the Vikings? Uh, Vedvik when they had Vedvik, like they had so many damn problems that Ficken came in. And even though he wasn't good, his borderline competence was such a welcome change of pace. The Jets just rode it the entire year, (laughs) but they're going to have, I I don't think the Jets season long kickers on the roster right now, because Mm -hmm. it hasn't, they neither of the two guys look good. Myer's now gone, but Ficken hasn't really looked all that much better.
2: So John wants to know, do you see any trades out there for Douglas, any vet cuts after the deadline?
0: Uh, There might be vet cuts. I know Nelson Aguilar was somebody that I think I've heard as a possibility to be let go by the Raiders. That might be still an option for the Jets. I know that Joe Douglas loves Aguilar. I know anyone who followed him from the Eagles is going to be about, oh, he drops passes, blah, blah, blah. But when he was allowed to play the slot, he looked pretty good, and and he has some ability to play outside, too. So he's maybe somebody, but... It, what what's so difficult and so challenging right now is going to be finding those guys that are let go. And the reason why I say that's a problem in finding the guys that are let go is because normally you find those those veterans or those young guys or those rookies or the undrafted free agents, you find them by watching preseason film because you see that guy looks good, I'm going to go out and get him. That's how the Jets found Barrios. That's the, how the Jets find some of these other players. There's no preseason. And these other teams aren't giving you practice film to evaluate their rosters so it's literally going to be guys that are cut and saying well I like this guy in college and I liked what I saw from him last year maybe he's an option so I absolutely think the Jets will scour the initial waiver wire for receivers but it's not going to be like recent years where you can say like oh they got this young guy who just got caught up in the numbers game because you don't know how these guys are performing. Unless you're monitoring every beat writer's and you see the same name popping up, you have no idea who looks good and who doesn't look good. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be challenging. That's why that's why we kind of said earlier in the show is that we don't know if that like I don't think there's no one walking in the door it's gonna save the Jets at corner, and there's no one walking in the door that's gonna save the Jets at receiver. They need to figure this out in house and get their guys healthy because I don't see any waiver wire additions that are really gonna help this team too much.
1: Any other questions, Marissa? That are uh, popping um,
2: up. A few questions about what went wrong with the Belage trade.
0: He failed physical. That's all it was. He just has a hamstring issue, so now he reverts back to the doll. It happened. It's happened before. It was like it's actually some of the crazier stories of the players who like they find heart issues or they find like legitimate medical problems on the physicals, and and that reverts him, and suddenly like that can save a player's life, but. Uh, this one is just he's got a bum hamstring, so because of the bad hamstring, he won't pass a physical with the Jets, so you can't sign a player until he can pass a physical, so all this means is that he reverts back to the Dolphins roster, uh, they can either release him or they can wave injure him, if they wave injure him, he goes to their injured reserve until he, until that hamstring heals, then they'll just release him then, and um, at that point, I mean, look, I don't, I don't think it's it's impossible to think that Belage won't be on the Jets roster at some point. It's just this way they're going to keep their draft pick, and he can't, they can't get him on the team right now because of that that failed hamstring. So that's all that was is that the Jets agree to the trade, Belage came to to pass the physical, and when he went to go pass the physical, they found out he had a hurt hamstring, and so he couldn't pass the physical, so they can't execute the trade.
1: Yeah, long term, maybe it helps the Jets because they do draft the, keep the draft pick, which a lot of people said they probably should have just done from yeah, from the get go, right? It.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. They were pissed about that. I was like, "Dude, it's a seventh round pick. Yeah. Like, how often do seventh round picks actually work out?" I mean, honestly, it's a seventh rounder. Just, if you can get somebody that contributes for a seventh round pick, do the deal. Do the
1: deal. yeah. And the seventh rounder is the guy that you would probably be willing to to trade as a to sign as a free agent after the draft anyway. And you just want to make sure you get him. It's it's, it's that kind of yeah. thing. So well, that's um, interesting exactly. with
2: what we saw this morning with the Jaguars and Leonard Fournette. I mean, yeah. maybe that's just yeah. like. The they're going to release him, and so that they potentially get those offers. Because oh, actually no, was it wasn't official yeah. yet. Actually, I think they might have tweeted it out, so it might be official. Yeah,
0: I think so. So here's the thing, and I I saw this. And Marissa, you actually said like, are we get how many J- Jets and Fournette questions are we going to get today about like should the Jets go inquire them Doug Marone talked to the Jaguar media today, and he said pretty adamantly that the Jaguars tried to trade mm. him. They wanted to trade him. And he said, we couldn't get a fifth-round pick, a sixth-round pick, wow. or a seventh-round pick offer. So that means they were shopping him. Like, they were abundantly shopping Leonard Fournette to try to get rid of him. When you couldn't get a fifth or a sixth or a seventh-round pick for Leonard Fournette, and the Jets decided to give a seventh-round pick for Belage right. instead of giving that to the Jaguars for Fournette when they have all of this cap room and it's really just a one-year rental for Leonard Fournette. I think it kind of tells you what kind of a locker room presence yep. Leonard Fournette is. I think it kind of tells you what kind of a player Leonard Fournette is. And I think it kind of tells you, I, I think it's an alarming sign when there are 31 other teams When Leonard Fournette had 1600 all purpose yards last year, 75 catches. I think he had, or some absurd number of receptions ran for over a thousand yards. Like Leonard Fournette didn't have a, he had 1600 all purpose yards last year when no team is willing to offer up even a sixth or seventh round pick to get that. That is a big tell, and it's the same reason why everyone keeps asking, like, all the people that ask about Jadeveon Clowney, Jadeveon Clowney, why haven't the Jets signed Jadeveon Clowney, why haven't the Jets signed Jadeveon Clowney, they need him, go sign him, go sign him. 31 other teams have looked at this guy and said, we're good. We're not signing him right now. We're not signing him. That's a tell. So when no one wants to trade for Fournette, as no one wants to sign Clowney, I think it's a sign. Now, granted, now that he's free and you can get him for, like, 200000 like a veteran minimum contract, because he's still going to get his money from the Jaguars, maybe some team will go out there and get him, but. I just think it's I've heard some things about Fournette the last couple of years that make the fact that he hasn't been traded not a not a surprise. Not a surprise
1: all right good show great questions thanks for joining us on youtube if you have and thanks for joining us on the podcast as well definitely subscribe if you haven't already give us a rating as well five stars we prefer um, if you can do that Um, if you want to save on a subscription to the athletic and you don't already have one or you want to help out a friend to get a subscription to the athletic go to theathletic.com slash the can't wait podcast you can save 40 percent off a one year subscription and check out all of our different podcasts this week we've launched the Athletic NFL show uh, with Robert Mays. Definitely check out that one as well. We're so excited for what Robert's going to do here with that flagship podcast here at the Athletic. I'm sure at some point this season Connor's going to be on that show as well, talking about the Jets and something that happens that we can't believe during the course of the season. So It'll it's it's inevitable, It'll maybe early. <laughs> um, so check that out as well. If you follow, don't follow Connor on Twitter yet. Do it. Connor underscore J underscore Hughes. I'm a Tim M. McMaster, and Marissa the Influencer is at Marissa underscore Morris. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of the Can't Wait Podcast.